Welcome to today's episode of Musings with Jesus. My name is Shola. I am your host. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, so hello everyone. Um, yeah, so that song was, it's one song we sing in church a lot. I know, I, I really don't know who sang it. And I, I haven't taken the page to um, Google it up. But um, it's, it's just, a, it just literally dropped in my heart. Just as I was about to start this recording, so I decided to just sing it. And um, it speaks to, you know, the where I'm at. By the way, I'm really enjoying my time in seminary. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. I'm having a marvelous time. I really wish I could do it full time. For those who don't know, I am in... I'm enrolled in an online Bible program at um, a seminary in the U.S. It's a master's program. I'm doing a part-time distance learning, so mostly recorded videos and things like that, but very well executed, planned, and there's no distance in the spirit, you know. Um, The power of God moves wherever the word of God goes, you know. The fact that God is able to touch, where the Bible says, the word goes forth and it accomplishes that whereunto it is sent. That word is alive, it is powerful. Whether it comes through in spoken word, through podcasts like this, or it comes in written words, you know, or via SMS or text, no, the medium it doesn't really matter. Once it is the word of God, it is spoken, it is heard, it is seen, it is written, the power goes with it. So I've been having a wonderful time in God's presence. Awesome. In fact, my only regret is that I'm not doing it full time. And the Lord has told me that, okay, so I do my reading, my studying in the evening hours and weekends. But from nine to five, I'm only permitted to do my day work, which I really find, you know. But you know, God is very disciplined like that. So he's teaching me how to make the best use of my time and I found out that it, it is it has worked for me so everything is working well I'm not allowed to do my um, part-time program study reading at all even if I'm behind he doesn't allow me to do it I'm not allowed it's it's out of the rules of course he doesn't stop me but then he's told me you know what this is the way to do it so and everything I'm everything is working I'm you know meeting up with all my assignments and reading and all of that He's just helped me work my way around it. And I'm having a good time, which I think is the most important thing. I'm enjoying it. It's intellectually stimulating. And it's also spiritually enriching. I mean, what could be better than that? Spirit, soul, and body. And 
most especially God has used it to take away a lot of the burdens that I was carrying. I have now exchanged it for the burden of the Lord. And that's why Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because the burden he lays upon us is the burden of his word. And with that burden comes the grace. So it's a very light burden. It's like somebody giving you a weight that is already standing on his own legs. So all you need to do is just, you know, or, or he's already standing on his own legs and it already has his own wheels. So all you need to do is just get under it and it the vehicle begins to move. Thank you, Holy Spirit. His yoke is very easy. If you, when you compare it with the burdens of the world, it's a, the, it's, in fact, it's not, a, it's, not, <laughs> it's not an equal exchange at all. So, because I now took on this program, I don't have the time, you know, as in my mental space is not available for some of the things it was available for before. And I guess this is why God said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but that you shall meditate in it day, um, day and night. For therein, for then will you be able to observe, to do all that is written in it. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. That's Joshua, the book of Joshua in the Old Testament, chapter 1, verse 8. In Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1, he was just saying, you know, that um, the person that meditates upon the Lord day and night, he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. He will bring forth his fruits in season and everything that he lays his hands to will prosper. And um, that is just simply amazing. And for me, when I speak of prosperity now, as I think those of you who have listened and been with us on this journey, I do not think about material prosperity and riches that will perish with the using or that can be stolen or that moth can break into or thieves can break into and steal. I am thinking of richness of the soul, of the spirit, prosperity of the soul because I've seen that that is really what matters and ultimately at the end of the day. There's no point being a white sepulchre, you know, very well painted on the outside and rotting and dead and dying inside. There's just no point. But I understand that in the world that we live in, it actually makes sense to paint the outside and leave the inside. Because people are only concerned about appearances. But for those who will be designing and know that it doesn't end here. Ever since the day God dropped that word in my mouth, that, that, that has been my clarion, clarion call on anything that happens to me. I just remind myself, it doesn't end here. Here is not the end of the story. You know how you watch all those Marvel, um, MCU, for those of you comic fans like myself, you watch all those superhero movies. And you just know when you get to the end that there's going to be another edition. You know, this is just this is not the end of the story. You just know that. So you're just hoping that it comes to at least a happy, a conclusive, in quotes, sub-conclusive end that gives you some sort of closure and you're not left hanging until the next movie. But it's not the end. We all know that. There will be other Spider-Man movies. There will be Superman. There will be Iron Man. There will be Wolverine. You know, we, we know it's not going to end. With Guardians of the Galaxy will continue to go on. You know, we, we, we know that. And of course, you can tell, well, I'm, I'm a real comic fan from, from childhood. So we know all of that. And um, so we watch it. 
knowing that following the story but knowing that the story doesn't end with this movie that is how our life on earth is we should not be deceived into thinking that it ends here it doesn't end here what happens here is very important let's not get it twisted it is very important because god says that everything we read in the word of god shows us that um the kind of life we live after we leave this body will be dependent on the kind of life we have lived here. So what happens here is very important. But it is important because of eternity. It's not important because of here. Whereas we look at it as being important. All of our investment, everything that we, the priority we've given to things, the focus, the attention, it's all about here. It's all about attainment here. It's about validation here. It's about achievement here. It's about ambition here. It's about our social status here. It's about how we're perceived here. How we how how we how we're seen. How we packaged. How how good we look. It's all about here. There is no eternal thinking in it. And while it's acceptable for people, in quotes of the world, to be like that, it's really really strange for lack of a better word for us that call ourselves christians and children of god and followers of christ to be found so invested in spirit soul and body in what's happening on this earth invested in our lives here invested in the families that we've built invested in the houses and the land and don't get me wrong, God is a God that deals with families, he deals with generations, but not family for the sake of the family. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Which is what many of us are doing. In fact, when I see some people talking about, oh, like, you know, all this premium on male children and all that, I'm like, really? Is your family the royal family? I'm, I'm like, trying to understand, why is it so important for you to have a male child? <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, and, and really, even if you're the royal family, this family is going to extinction. I mean, you know? There have been kings and thrones and dynasties before this time that we're in. Many of them erased. In fact, whole nations have been obliterated. Languages have died. Groups have ceased to exist. Do we think that the languages that we have today, the groups and the tribes, was how the world began? If God desires to add another 10,000 years or 1 million years to this earth, do we think people will even remember <laughs> how many families will survive? into those years so we have all been deceived we've all been made to believe a strong lie that what happens on this earth is important because of ourselves it is not it has its place it's important but not necessarily because of my own plan for my life on earth my life is of eternal value that is what the devil is concerned about. That is what the world system is concerned about. Everything that is structured here to make it very difficult for people to do the right thing, to make it easier to profit through crime and stealing and theft and murder and malicious and intent and, you know, scrupulous, unscrupulous um, things. This entire system that capitalizes on the weakness and the vulnerability of others 
and the lack of information of others to, to, to give undue advantage to others. This system is crafted with an intention to trade in the souls of men. And there's a scripture that talks about this in Revelation. It, it describes Babylon as, you know, a city that traded in the souls of men. And was referring to a spiritual world system, which of course we know that. Um, and I, I think one of my greatest pains is that the Bible talks a lot about these things. And even though I know that when somebody first comes to Christ, this should not be, you know, what you you don't start them off with certain things. You know, you 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 start with the gospels, you talk about Jesus and all of that. But there's a stage at which every Christian should get to, where you the things that God has taken the pains to assemble together into scriptures for us through the lives and the death of many great men and women of God. We need. There's a reason why He gave it to us to know. But I'm glad that he did because those that seek after knowledge, they will get it. They're all in the scriptures. What we see in the scripture is that immediately after God created a man and woman, one intruder came into the garden and tried to cause confusion between God and his created being. And he succeeded. And how we know he succeeded is that he broke the relationship between God and them. In fact, by the third chapter of the Bible, this had happened. So this was a very important act. In fact, it was as important as the creation. So the Bible starts off with God talking about how he created the earth. Makes us realize that he was there in the beginning mm-hmm. and that he created the earth. So that's, first of all, before you even, all those questions about um, how did we get here, blah, 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 blah. It is resolved from the beginning of the Bible. Then, it then goes on to talk about the next thing is the devil, really. <laughs> you know, that's the next thing. So the first three chapters of Genesis are very important. So those of us that are born now, 2,000 years after the death of Jesus. Hmm. And I don't even know how many years was between Genesis to the coming of Christ. I need to check whether there is a scholarly estimate for that. And then there's what is also known as the dateless past, which is the past before the beginning, which was recorded in Genesis 1, which is where probably all what happened to the devil that made him become the serpent before he came into the creation happened. Probably. I don't know. But it's called the dateless past for a reason. The point I'm trying to make is that we were dropped into a context. And that context is bigger than me, is bigger than my family and my little, little ocean or whatever it is that I have around me that is making me feel cool with myself. So just like when you are born into a natural family, the first thing, as you grow up, you try to understand a bit about that family. The context of the family is important. If you ignore it, well, ignore it at your own peril. Because if there are problems that have been on ground or issues or patterns or things, you know, you need to be aware as you grow up so that you know how you continue the legacies that are worth continuing and you are careful with the ones that you know are likely to destroy you in the same way as it destroyed those who were born before you. Are you following me? Whatever the case, 
you need to spend time to understand the context. That's on a family level. The same thing when you enter a new office. You don't just get there and just assume that, you know, okay, you are here. You need to understand what kind of office are you working for. The people in this environment, how do they do things? Why do they behave the way they do? It's only when you understand that context that you can begin to be effective in that context or even decide whether this is a place you want to be or how long you are going to be here or what you are likely to get from here, what you may need to do in addition to what you are getting from where you are there. Are you following me, please? I believe we are following ourselves good. So, and you can tell it's not me talking at this pace still. Though. My Holy Spirit is fully, <laughs> they're all talking to all of us here now. The same way when we get into this planet, our entire life is about making sense of this planet that we have been dropped into. It's like somebody takes you now, you wake up, sleep and wake up and you're in your Mars. Do you understand? That's literally what's happened to us. So you need others to tell you, okay, yes, I'm on Mars. Okay, this is how you guys do here. Okay, where is food? What do we eat? What don't we eat? Okay, there are other people from other parts. Okay, yeah, how do they look? Hmm, hmm, you know, that sort of thing. Different races, you know, different cultures, different languages, different parts of the world. Oh, interesting. If you're like me, you are curious about the way other people live. If you're not like me, you prefer to stay with your own kind of people, in quotes. But either way, you have to make sense of the world that you're living in. And I think that is what God has tried and is trying to help us do by giving us the Bible. For me personally, if I didn't have the Bible, I don't know, I would be so confused about this world. And one of the things that would confuse me is why the world, the values of, I, I mean, this, I mean, first of all, why there is, why people can be so evil to one another. The absolute lack of... I mean, there's... Some people just... I don't just get it. They're able to do some things and just... You know? It, it, it just doesn't... They don't care. They literally don't care. You know? By the way, I'm hoping to study psychology at some point because I really want to understand how science explains, you know, the behaviors that we see in some people. Some people are really... So the only thing that makes sense to me is that... <laughs> do you understand? It makes a lot of sense. Because some people, the level of evil... No, clearly there is something causing you to be as evil as you are. And then the worst one, for me, the most demonic one is when... You see gaslighting happening on a national level where we can clearly see something that is clearly not right. Then everybody is turning their eyes away and pretending, like, oh no, it's, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. There's, there's nothing wrong with this. It, is it normal? You don't understand. And there's so many things I can look at. First of all, the denial against things like racism, people, you know, being completely in delusion about the fact that whether you know, their societies are racist, their institutions are racist, you know, that sort of thing societies where you know they do horrible things to women societies that make it very easy for women to be treated in a certain way and somehow that's okay you, you know what i'm saying the natural defense against 
any form of violence that happens. The way society is so easy and quick to excuse violence against certain classes of people, but then will not tolerate it with another class of people. It just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me. And how it's okay that wealth is concentrated in the hands of a few people while majority of people are in penury. Does this all make sense? So there's something very twisted about this world that we found ourselves in. And so far, as far as I'm concerned, the Bible has the best explanation that I have found. Every other thing, for me, doesn't quite answer the questions fully. And the, what it means, the, the answer that makes sense to me is that clearly, as we can see from the influence, the way, if you've ever seen anybody that is possessed, you understand that there is something called, you know, there are evil spirits. You know what I'm saying? There are also people who are evil because they think evil thoughts. There are people who choose to be evil, but there are people who are oppressed of the devil. There are people who are possessed of the devil. There are people who are influenced by the devil. There are people who are joined willingly to the devil. There are people who are used by the devil. There's the devil, there's the world system, and then there's the evil in the hearts of men. And many times it's only God that can reveal which of it is in operation. And that's why sometimes he gives people the gift of the discernment of spirits. When you have that gift working in your life, you are able to tell, or God, when as God, you know, as the Holy Spirit allows you, you are able to tell when there is the presence of a spirit involved, as opposed to when it is the human spirit that is just evil, has lended itself to thoughts and a mindset of evil, which is very, you know, people they call psychopath, a lot of them are like that. And, um, as opposed to somebody that is oppressed and being used. In fact, people that are oppressed of the devil, most of the time they are they are a danger to themselves and not to others. But the people who are possessed and used, more likely, very, very likely, they will be a danger to others in addition to themselves. So, and again, like I said, there is self-will in all of this. There are some people who willingly they like the devil. Like I said, I came in contact with such a human being, I unknown, unknown to me recently. And there are lots of, you know, even in my environment, I see a lot of people who, they really believe that it's okay to steal and kill just so that they can be rich. I, I, I don't understand it. So after you get that money, that is just paper, really, that's okay. After you've killed a human being, the price, inflation can rise or the government changes the currency or something. And then that money becomes useless. How does that look like a fair exchange to you? So for me, I, you know, I just conclude that <laughs> there is clearly a place where certain people, there's a spiritual birthplace that seems to influence certain people that doesn't influence others. Because some of us, maybe by virtue of the grace of God, or I don't know. There's, I can't imagine the condition that will make me do certain things. But for some people, 
their journey, their trajectory, I don't understand. Or the relationship that they've had with the devil makes it easier for them to do, do certain things. And I don't want to hear anybody... I've thought about this very deeply. This is not about poverty. It has nothing to do with poverty because we see a lot of poor... In fact, I always give the example of Ethiopia during the famine. And they were starving to death. Those people literally watched themselves starve to death. They didn't kill each other in the purpose. They, they, they sat and waited for death to come. They watched their children die of hunger and starvation. They didn't turn on one another. So if you are not starving to death in the desert and you are not like the Ethiopians, please don't tell me that it's poverty that made you go and kill somebody else. That's just you. You would do it to defend your wealth if you are rich also. You would kill to protect your wealth. If you could kill because you wanted to make yourself rich. When you are rich, you will kill to protect yourself from the world. So it's not poverty that made you want to kill somebody. It's the evil in you. So, and there is someone. The, the issue is there are spirits behind that are nurturing this evil. So the Bible tells us that when every man is tempted, he's tempted and is drawn away of his own lust. In other words, there has to be a desire in you for that thing. Otherwise, I mean, it's the same reason why you know, for some people, you can literally, I mean, for some men, you can literally undress your whole clothes and in front of them and they're like, yeah, please, you put on your clothes, girl, I'm, I ain't interested. But some men, you know, you can't even pass them with and show a little bit of tie. They are literally, you know, their brains have gone somewhere else. That guy has a problem. So that kind of person, the devil will look for opportunities to nurture that lasciviousness in that human being. That's what he does. That's what he does. He creates an environment that nurtures evil, that rewards evil, that incentivizes evil, glamorizes evil, romanticizes evil. I mean, you know, what, you know whatever he can do to make it look attractive. And for me, the fact that I see that happening, I'm in a place where I see that happening for bad things and I don't see the same thing being done for good things that's you know don't tell me you can't give me scientific evidence for that because if there is no spiritual context then we should be seeing that same kind of reward happening also for good things no you are good you tell the truth you are ignored you are a bloody liar you are malicious you are you bully people everybody gives you the attention and the prestige that you need does that sound like normal so anyways um i'm going to leave it at that and to be honest i really don't know what i'm going to call this music but maybe i just call it straight talk or something <laughs> i don't know but i started off singing i love you lord and i lift my heart to worship you oh god take joy my king in all you see let it be a sweet sound in your ears yeah, I love God because he is good and because he's the only reasonable alternative that I have as a way of escape from the evil that is in this earth, the evil that I see, that I detest. And I look forward to the day when all of the evil on this earth will be put down and that the reign and the righteousness of God will be supreme 
over all of the earth, over all of the heavens, and that all them who are agents of darkness and who are aligned with the evil one, all the rebel and the rogue spirits that have perpetuated the evil, the suffering and the oppression, the rape and the death and the injustice on earth, they will meet their just end. I wait for that day. I long for that day. I yearn for that day. I pray for that day. So I leave it at that and I thank you very much for listening today. Stay lifted. Remain blessed. Keep your Bible closed. Hide the word of God in your heart. The Lord is here and he is real. God bless you.